You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. All right, let's get to it. Welcome back to another edition of the Nine of the Wrestling Podcast. CJ Palmisano here. And what a week it has been in pro wrestling since the Blood Money pay-per-view, which Nate and I covered last week, and AEW Revolution. What an amazing show. Uh, Dynamite was fantastic. Uh, We had some okay moments on Raw this week, some... Some good moments, some eh moments. Um, and we have two WrestleMania matches confirmed. Uh, and later into the show, I'll be getting to my Elimination Chamber predictions. But uh, let's start with the positives here, folks. Let's start with AEW. There is a reason why they are gaining so much viewership week to week. There is a reason why they are providing the best alternative for wrestling fans today and why so many people want to go over there and make a difference. Because if you just watch Revolution this past Saturday or wherever it is, it's up on YouTube now as of this time. I think it's still up on YouTube. Watch the pay-per-view. If you are a lapsed wrestling fan, you got to watch this show. Because... Just the main talking points of this show was that unbelievable, amazing tag team match between the Young Bucks and Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Now, it's no secret that I believe the Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world. Like so many others, excuse me, having a beer while I drink this pot, uh, while, <laughs> while I do this podcast. I've had a long day. That's <sighs> good. So, it's no secret that I think the Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world, like so many others. And this this story that's been going on with Hangman Page and the Elite, where Hangman Page doesn't want to be a part of the Elite, he wants to break down his own, which he has, and he is massively over with the AEW fans. This match was just unbelievable. You had hard-hitting action. You had Hangman Page and Nick Jackson, I'm sorry, Matt Jackson, uh, pissed off at each other. They were the ones who weren't afraid to really go at it with each other, to really start, excuse me, start hitting each other, excuse me again, start, you know, pretty much beating the shit out of each other, and Kenny and Nick kind of having to be the voices of reason for their teams. And... Hangman Page was not afraid to show how he felt just by flipping off Matt Jackson uh, during this match, which he did later in Dynamite on Wednesday. But we'll get into Dynamite after I'm done covering a little bit of the pay-per-view here. I mean, we saw a golden trigger from the Young Bucks and Kenny kicking out at one. Typically, I'm not really into moves where it's like, you know, super kick out, but it's just... it was just, in this moment, I was just so, I could suspend my disbelief, and I could be in the moment of the match, and when Kenny kicked out of the golden trigger from the Young Bucks, I know I'm kind of jumping around here, but when he kicked out of the golden trigger from the Young Bucks, I lost my mind. At one, he kicks out, I'm like, holy shit, I'm losing my mind during this match. You know, Matt Jackson kicking out of a buckshot V-trigger, Hangman Page nearly pinning Matt Jackson with a one-winged angel, which is Kenny Omega's finishing move. He did a nice little homage to Marty Skrull with the fake super kick, the pump, and then the super kick to the thigh, and then hit doing the chicken wing. Um, Nick Jackson, unfreaking believable with the moves he does. Matt Jackson hitting a Northern Lights suplex onto Hangman Page onto the stage ramp, where he was contemplating in the end whether or not he wanted to do it to Hangman. And this match was just so hard-hitting, unbelievable. Like, 
Excalibur had said on AEW TV on Dynamite this week that it may be the best Young Bucks match he's ever seen. And I thought maybe the best Young Bucks matches I'd ever seen were their two matches with the Lucha Bros. But I gotta say, this this might be this might be better than that. And it, it very well might be the best Young Bucks match I've ever seen. And I thought they were gonna win. I thought Hangman Page might turn heel. I mean, they teased it. He he looked like he was getting ready to getting ready to hit the buckshot lariat on Kenny, but uh, but he didn't. He decided not to, and or he made you think he decided not to, and he held the ropes open for Kenny, and Kenny and Hangman left, and Hangman grabbed a beer like I am right now, and they won the match. Um, for me, the standout match of the night. Absolutely just a hard-hitting, amazing, amazing match. Amazing tag team match, too. Which goes to show for me that AEW have the best tag team division in the entire wrestling world. It's, it's AEW. There are amazing tag teams out there. There are great tag teams and other great wrestling promotions in the WWE. and the NXT brand of WWE. Uh, you know, in Impact, in New Japan. There are great tag teams out there, but the way AEW has been able to make the tag team division feel like such a big deal, it just warms my heart because I love tag team wrestling, and I'm sure so many of you out there love tag team wrestling. And this just goes to show just how amazing the Young Bucks are and just how amazing tag team wrestling can be and the great story you can put into it if you just, you know, give it a shot. (coughs) WWE. You know, not really booking their tag teams too well. Anyway, we're going to get to WWE later. This is about AEW at the moment. Uh, just just an amazing, amazing tag team match by the Bucks and Omega and Page, which, by the way, for me, is match of the year right now. It is match of the year for me right now. I'm sure there will be other great matches out there, but right now I, it is match of the friggin' year for me. I loved it so much. Um, other things that happened on this card... Is that uh, I love the match between Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara. That was a lot of fun. Darby Allen, to me, man, he's he's a star. He is a star, and I think I've said it on this podcast before that I think he's got potential. To me, when I look at Darby Allen, I I kind of get a vibe, a mixed vibe between like Jeff Hardy and Rey Mysterio. You know, he's kind of cool, laid back. Kind of like Jeff Hardy on the smaller side, like Ray, but he does a lot of crazy acrobatic moves and flips and stuff. But he's, but he, I don't know, man. Darby Allen to me is a star, and I believe he's only in his uh, mid 20s. He's got a lot of time in him for, uh, to, really make a huge splash in AEW. And I, I think he, in a few years, he'll be AEW world champion. Uh, but Darby Allen, I've said before, is a guy who I've become a fan of because of AEW, and I was familiar with who he is prior to AEW, but I never really saw any of his matches, and I've just become a huge Darby Allen fan thanks to AEW. And the match with him and Sammy went really well, and I loved it. Um, MJF, what a piece of shit he is, huh? What a piece of shit MJF is, and I love it. Uh, Cody and MJF's match, uh, not amazing, a good, decent match, great storytelling. That's, that, that's the thing for me is that Cody's matches and feuds for me, I seem to be looking forward to as far as my favorite builds of matches to pay-per-views with all elite wrestling. It's definitely Cody's. I think Cody's matches definitely have the best build when it comes to the pay-per-views. Um, his best match was for sure against his, against Dustin at Double or Nothing, but his matches with builds for pay per views have always been fantastic, and this was, uh, you know, just this did just that. Um, how you feel about his new tattoo um, on his neck? I mean, that's for you to decide. I mean, it's it's. I mean, I'll just get this out of the way real quickly. I think it is a great looking tattoo. It's a really cool-looking tattoo. The placement, not the best, Cody. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's not the best placement. I think anywhere else, his arm, his maybe on the other side of his chest, opposite of his dream tattoo, maybe under the dream tattoo, uh, you know, on his back. 
thigh, back of your leg, anything. I don't know. Uh, I remember reading something from a tweet from Brian Pillman uh, Jr. Not Brian Pillman Sr. He's dead, unfortunately. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr. saying that um, it's Cody symbolizing that he's gone all in on himself. He's gone all in on his company. And he's willing to put his neck on the line for his company. And that's something I can respect. Something to that, to that effect of what Brian Pillman Jr. said. And when you put it like that, I get it. I get it. But hey, at the end of the day, Cody Rhodes, the guy can do whatever the hell he wants. He's got money. He's helping run a company, a wrestling company of his own. And he's doing a great job running it. I think so. So you want to get a tattoo on your neck, Cody? Who am I to say? Just I wish you would have gotten a different place. That's all. Like many other fans do. <sighs> That's good. Um, MJF in this match... Just to me playing the, the perfect heel. We'll talk about another heel later on the show. But just to me, like, I really... Like, I know he's such he's playing such a great character. Which recently, MJF actually, like, flipped off a little kid at a signing. To which I see it's making some headways on TMZ. And to, to people I see on Facebook, I went to friend I like people I went to high school with just being like, wow, what an asshole. What a dickhead being like, you, you don't get it, but at least you think he's an actual asshole. So that's good. That's really good. Unless you're like a hardcore wrestling fan or just a wrestling fan in general, people on the outside are not really going to get it. So, and that's what MJF's going for. He's trying to be a complete and total dickhead. Um, the closing se- sequences when uh, MJ uh, MJF s- snuck the ring in his tights, uh, you know that AEW diamond ring, whatever it is, snuck, snuck it in his tights, put it on his on his fingers, punched Cody Rhodes in the face, and won the match. Um, I I totally saw MJF winning. Uh, it came to a shock to quite a lot of people in the crowd, but I don't know. I mean, I thought I, I knew for sure he was going to win because. Cody is a made guy at this point, and MJF feels like a big deal, but he still needs to have that big win over somebody like Cody. And MJF is, for as great as he is, he's not made. And But this match made MJF, and I think puts him on the level of Cody Rhodes. Um, another great match that happened was uh, Orange Cassidy versus Pac. Now, I was not sure how this was going to happen. I was excited for it. I mean, because who doesn't love freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy? Uh, Just writing in my notes here, I have uh, Orange Cassidy tried. Orange Cassidy tried. And that's what uh, Trump Retta said he was going to do. It was a fun match. Uh, You really saw Orange Cassidy, like, really try. You really want him to win at some point. But uh, but in the end, it was Pac who who won the match. That bastard, thanks to little help from his friends, new friends, Pentagon Junior and Ray Phoenix, the Lucha Brothers, which their new faction is called Death Triangle, or as the Lucha Bros like to call it, Triangulo de la Muerte. And I probably butchered that. Who knows? Um, interesting. To say the least, um, I think these three guys uh, would be a really great pairing together. Um, Pack kind of, I guess, like the leader of the group, so to speak. But um, I think it's a good good fit because kind of because Pack kind of needs something new to do. The Lucha Brothers kind of need a bit of a restart because we haven't really seen them do too much lately. They're kind of like floundering a bit in the tag division. Uh, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I think it looks good uh, and just. They, I mean, they devastated the best friends this past week on Dynamite, and uh, the match was fun. Pack between Pack and Ohm, uh, excuse me, Pack and uh, and, uh, and Orange Cassidy. Jesus Christ, uh, it was a lot of fun. One of my favorite matches on the show for sure, but just not, but not good enough to beat that tag match again. Watch the tag match; you'll be amazed by it. Um, and the Moxley era has begun. We have a brand new AEW World Champion in John Moxley. This is a fun match. Um, not the strongest match in the show. A good match. A really fun match. Uh, this build also was done really, really well between Jericho and Moxley. 
Uh, Jericho had Santana and Ortiz come down. He had a lot of interference for the from the inner circle, uh, where uh, the ref, I believe it was Aubrey Edwards who was the referee in the match. She had uh, kicked out the inner circle towards. Uh, at one point in the match, Sammy Guevara came in, came in and hit Moxley with the title, but he obviously kicked out. Um, Moxley was bleeding at one point. Uh, he was playing possum with his eye. He could see through his eye the whole time. No, really? Come on. It was just to sell those Mox eye patches. Um, and... Towards the end of the match, that uh, Moxley kind of hit the paradigm shift, kind of hit the paradigm shift on Jericho. One, two, three, we have a new champion. The place erupts. Place erupted when Moxley came in. Um, I think this was the right time to put the championship on John Moxley. Even though I had predicted that I thought Jericho would retain and maybe they would um, wait until double or nothing to put the title on Moxley. I think this was something AEW needed to do, considering the horrible end to the Super Showdown pay-per-view. Um, maybe it wasn't the plans for them to put the title on Moxley at Double or Nothing and making it a year, around the year since he debuted, but for John Moxley personally, I think this is a better story because around this time last year or close to this time this last year, he was getting ready to leave the WWE and just coming full circle from going to a company where you were treated like uh, an afterthought toward in the end, where you were treated as like this hokey, crazy, wacky guy and not taken seriously to taken seriously being the top babyface in the company and then being the top guy in the company by getting the championship is a big deal. And that's something I feel when I watch AEW. Like I've mentioned this before on this podcast with excuse me, whether it be by myself or with other people, especially with Joe, I've mentioned that when someone had the WWE or WWF championship back in the day. Yes, Austin was the big draw, and Rock was the big draw, but those but obviously that's an obvious thing. But it felt like no matter who had the title, they felt like they were the top guy. That person felt like they were the top guy. Taker the title, Taker's the guy. Austin the title, Austin's the guy. Uh, Rock, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, um, Ric Flair, John Cena, Batista, Edge. The list goes on and on and on. But they felt like the top guy and that's what I feel like when I watch AEW. When I was watching AEW and seeing Chris Jericho the title, yeah, Jericho's the top guy. I see John Moxley, John Moxley's the top guy. You got the title, you're the top guy. And that's a good feeling to have because that's something I don't feel like we have anymore in at least the WWE's case, but that's definitely the case with Brock. But we'll get to WWE a little bit later. Um... John Moxley had cut a promo, um, you know, afterwards saying that, you know, the year he's had is one hell of a ride to being miserable, to winning this, to winning the championship, the AEW championship. This belongs to all you guys. I lo this company is showing why pro wrestling is so great, why it reminds me why I love pro wrestling so much and that I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys. A really good and passionate promo from John Moxley. Uh, he was kind of stumbling on his words, and he they they cut the music off. They put the music on too soon, <laughs> and here comes the one f bomb. People, he's like, hey, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> and Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross were just just laughing their asses off. 
Um, I, I laughed too. Like Moxley didn't care. Um, but overall, uh, AEW Revolution was a bit of a reminder why I'm a wrestling fan, kind of why I do this podcast, and just shows why we love pro wrestling. And AEW keeps doing the stuff that they're doing. They're gonna be, they're more than fine. They're doing an absolutely fantastic job from uh, a week to week standpoint, and as far as a booking standpoint, I think they're doing an absolutely fantastic job. Um, which will transition more into Dynamite now. Some of the key things that happened on Dynamite. Uh, like we said, you know, Pac and the Lucha Bros are in a new our new faction called uh, Death Triangle. Um, the big big debut though, shocking debut, was from from one Jake the Snake Roberts. Cody had come down to cut a promo. He was calling out MJF, but Jake Jake the Snake came out, and he came down and kind of said, you know, what happened happened. You got beat. Stop whining about it. I didn't come here to praise you, Caesar. I came to slay you. He was just running down Cody Rhodes, saying that he's got a new client. He's got a client that's coming to AEW. Um, he's saying that into the promo, which was my favorite line. He said, "In this, someone told me a long time ago in this business." That you never walk, turn your back on someone you're afraid of or someone you respect. Walks away from Cody, throws the mic away, and the crowd's like, ooh. I'm like, oh, shit. What a line. So, Jake the Snake proving that he is just as good as he was back in the day cutting a promo. One of the best promo guys in the entire wrestling, uh, entire pro wrestling history. But it makes me wonder... Who is Jake Roberts' client? This most likely will be Cody Rhodes' next opponent, the next feud down the line. Who's it going to be? Now, AEW recently signed Lance Archer a few weeks ago. Those of you unfamiliar with Lance Archer, he worked in New Japan. He was the he's the former uh, a uh, IWGP United States Champion. He had won the title from Juice Robinson. Uh, the uh, vacant title from Juice Robinson when John Moxley was in, unable to attain uh, a show due to a tsunami. It's kind of like New Japan's rule. They like if you're not able to defend the title for whatever reason that you may be, you get stripped the title. He was in a uh, Texas death match against Moxley at Wrestle Kingdom, which was a great, great match. Um, but his contract with New Japan apparently has expired, and now he has officially signed with All Elite Wrestling. He confirmed that himself. AEW confirmed that himself on social media. Excuse me. Um, but the other person who it could be possibly is Brody Lee, a.k.a. or FKA Luke Harper. Um, I want to say that it's more likely that Jake Roberts' new client is Brody Lee. I would think it's Brody Lee because I don't think Lance Archer necessarily needs a mouthpiece. Um... I mean, Brody Lee may not need it either, but I think someone like Brody Lee with Jake Roberts standing next to you and him being a silent killer, silent badass type of guy that can really benefit from that. I mean, and Jake the Snake Roberts being, like I said, being one of the best promo guys of all time in all of professional wrestling. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Um, just, again, that promo was... One of the best, if not, if maybe the best part of Dynamite this week. Absolutely stunning. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Cody just, you know, being stunned himself in the ring. Uh, MJF had cut a promo saying that he will be AEW champion. Uh, he doesn't care if it's John Moxley. He doesn't care if it's Pac, if it's Kenny Omega, if it's Darby Allin. He doesn't care who it is. And that he will become AEW champion. And that he was wearing a t-shirt under his blazer and his scarf. was like, oh, He's like, at the end of the promo, he's like, I'm better than you. And, oh, you know, Wardlow, it's hot in here. Here, take, take, grabs the scarf, grabs the the blazer, and he has a t-shirt on that says, I pinned Cody. I'm better than, and yeah, ooh, yeah, you know, this this shirt is, oh, man, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's kind of out there and obnoxious, like a neck tattoo. Let's go, Wardlow. 
And I'm like, ooh, damn. MJF, again, little bastard. You want to hate him. You want to hate him. But he's so damn good at what he does. Um, other speculations to believe is that... Um, oh, also, I don't think I talked about this on the last episode. But the Newark, New Jersey show that I'll be going with, with Sean and, uh, and Nate, who was here last week, and our buddy uh, uh, Stiggy, we will be getting our title... Uh, the show... Our AEW Dynamite show is being called AEW Blood and Guts. And we will be getting, essentially, the War Games match. They can't call it War Games because of NXT or WWE. You know, they own the name. But they said two rings covered in one steel cage. They said, you know the rest. War is coming. And that's right. We're pretty much getting an effing War Games match on a Dynamite TV taping. That is amazing. And I remember Sean texting me that that Saturday of, of Dynamite. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He sent me a link. I'm like, oh, my God. So I am super, super excited for that show. They might be doing that because I don't think they sold out the arena. But still, I am super excited. I, I cannot wait to go. It's going to be a fun, fun time. Uh, and I'm sure I will tell all you guys about it after my time there. Uh, but speculation is to believe who's gonna be in this blood and guts match. Who's gonna who's gonna be in it? Um, there was a match, I believe it was QT Marshall versus Jake Hager. Brandy and Dustin Rhodes had come down to accompany him to the ring. Uh, Santana and Ortiz were with uh, Dustin. And a big brawl had let out, and then that brought out Cody, that brought out Mac Jackson, uh, Hangman Page at one point. Uh, Hangman Page took his time while drinking a beer, puts it down, and then starts to attack the inner circle, lays waste to them, uh, proceeds to flip off Mac Jackson again, grabs the beer, and then leaves. Hangman Adam Page is so great. Uh, but it leads me to wonder, who's going to be in this blood and guts match um because what also happened later in dynamite is that moxley was attacked by the inner circle by uh hager and santana and ortiz uh darby allen got attacked by uh sammy guevara and chris jericho which also i should have talked about a little earlier and i'm kind of all over the place but my point is that Darby Allen is a freaking star, man. He looked so great in that match against Jericho and Guevara. He was battling against the inner circle. It was a losing effort, but he went the distance, and he looked so great doing it. Again, AEW has a lot of stock in Darby Allen. Which brings me back to my other point, which I just mentioned. Who's going to be in this blood and guts match? Is it going to be the Elite? Is it going to be a team of John Moxley and some of his, some members he could find? Will it be other members of the Elite? I, I don't know. Sean and I were speculating. We were texting a bit that we think it could be the Elite versus the Inner Circle. I thought maybe Pac and, and Moxley could be starting a feud, but this was before uh, Dynamite happened. It's clear that Jericho, the Inner Circle, are not done with John Moxley. So what I could see happen is you get the inner circle, Jericho, Santana and Ortiz, Hager, and Guevara. Uh, you throw Moxley in there. You throw uh, the Young Bucks, Cody, maybe, I don't know, Dustin. Dustin could go in there. Um, or you could have the entire elite in there together, or you could, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know what it's, what they're going to do, but I would have to assume that the blood and guts matches the inner circle versus the elite or a team with John Moxley. I, I don't know. It has to be that to some certain degree, but, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, if I was to put some money on it, I would have to imagine that John Moxley is involved somehow and he gets a team together to face the inner circle uh and maybe you save the elite versus the inner circle for some other time um i mean i'm i'm all for moxley and jericho to continue their feud all the way to double or nothing because the 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 feud has been great dynamite was excellent this week 
uh, as it always is. Uh, really, really great, fantastic stuff. And um, if there's anything you guys should watch from Dynamite, it's it's the Bucks and Hangman Page and Kenny uh, and Hank and Kenny Omega for the AW Tag Titles. I cannot stress to you enough. Go watch this match. I don't really go and tell people, oh, you got to see this. You guys, like, I tell them. I don't really expect them to see it. But I am stressing to you who, if you are listening, go on YouTube, watch Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team titles at Revolution. Just go watch it. There, I said it. Uh, I guess I've covered everything I could need to with AEW. Uh, and now we'll move on to the WWE. Um, we'll start with the fallout from Super Showdown. Uh, we'll cover a few things that happened on SmackDown. So SmackDown held from Boston, Massachusetts last week. And Bill Goldberg had come out to a chorus of boos. I personally love that. Because not everybody is buying this bullshit that Goldberg is the Universal Champion. He pretty much comes to the ring and says, you know, it's not about who's first. It's about who's next. And then cue, darn it, darn it, darn it, Roman Reigns. To the ring, walking down, grabs the microphone and goes, I'm next. And then cuts away, I think, to a commercial and Michael Cole goes, It is official! Goldberg versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. <laughs> Bullshit. Bullshit. This is exactly what I said was going to happen. Goldberg versus Roman Reigns in a spear-off. The Battle of the Spears at WrestleMania. I said that this match does not need the Universal title. It doesn't need it. Alright? It doesn't need the Universal title. And... I don't know. It's it's ju- it's just going to make people hate Roman Reigns all over again. It is. They think that it's going to deflect the heat from Bill Goldberg beating the Fiend and then a full-time guy comes back and be No, it's it's not going to do that. It's just going to make people dislike Roman again. That's all it's going to do. I mean, if I was WWE, I would turn Bill Goldberg fully heel and just Make him just belittle the fans. Because I remember seeing a tweet, a thread. It was Macaulay Culkin goes on Twitter and says, Yep, I just canceled my tickets to Florida. Macaulay Culkin's a big wrestling fan. He was going to go to WrestleMania. Canceled his tickets to Florida. Didn't Is not going to WrestleMania because of this. And Goldberg responds to him and says, Good riddance, dork. Or whatever the hell he says. Glad. Glad to hear it, dork, with an angry face emoji. Turn Bill Goldberg heel. Go and just do that. Turn him heel. Have him belittle the fans. Tell him he's better than everybody else. Tell him he's... Let him say he's better than Bray Wyatt. That he's better than Roman Reigns. That he's better than any active roster member. Say to every... Tell the fans that the reason why he's the champion is because he's a star. And that he can draw... Like a good heel... You base what they say on facts. Yes, Bill Goldberg is a draw. Yes, Bill Goldberg has draw- gotten ratings. But a one thing you really can't stand about a heel is when he's right about what he's saying. Yes, these things are right. And I haven't belittled the roster. I've never been about part-time guys just burying the roster, the main roster or like, like active roster, would it be like, you know, on a promo or in matches. I mean, I've never been about that. But have Bill Goldberg just pretty much essentially bury the main WWE product. And have Roman Reigns, if you're going to go with Roman Reigns, which unfortunately you are, have him be the guy to stand up for the boys. You know, he's a locker room leader. Because if it's just babyface Goldberg versus babyface Roman Reigns, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. Even what I'm saying might not work. Even if they do turn Goldberg heel. It's a matter of how they execute it. Because remember, at the end of the day, Vince McMahon is approving all this shit, and he's the one who's saying what can happen and what cannot happen. 
I mean, I saw a meme like it popped up twice on my news feed on on Facebook. How to get a WrestleMania championship match? Beat twenty nine other guys in one of the most difficult matches to win in the WWE. Or just walk up to the champion and say, "I'm next." You pretty much are showing that Roman Reigns can do whatever the hell he wants. That he's like, that title is mine. And then Roman Reigns is like the champion. Because we all know this is going to happen. I just don't like that they're making the, t- the, 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 the company around Roman Reigns again. They're doing this again. And they're going to mess it up. That's, that's just in their nature. I've said a million times about this situation that what is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. I think the fans would have been more okay had it been Roman Reigns versus The Fiend. I would have been okay with that. We don't have to like the fact that he would have beaten Bray Wyatt. We don't have to like it. We don't have to accept it and like, I don't want it to happen. Well, we kind of do have to accept it because, well, if we don't want to accept it, we just don't watch WrestleMania, which is what Joe's most likely might not be doing this year. Like after Saudi Arabia, he canceled his network subscription. But the fact of the matter is, I think people would have been more okay had it been Roman Reigns conquering uh, uh, this, this unbeatable monster having a six, seven month build to WrestleMania and losing the reins would have been more okay. What would have been even more okay is if they had the match and Bray Wyatt won. Having the championship for at least a year. But he never should have gotten the championship to begin with. But speaking of that, talking about Bray Wyatt, he is going to be getting a match against John Cena at WrestleMania. And when I watched this little segment, I was actually legitimately happy to see. I was glad to see John Cena back on TV. It's been a long time. You know, he's not around to be like, oh, for them, the company to shove him down our throats all the time like he like they did years ago. Whenever John Cena's on my TV now, I genuinely am glad to see him. And I'm excited for what they're going to do next. And I am happy that The Fiend is getting a big spotlight match against John Cena. The only thing is, don't mess it up. Don't mess it up again. I'm worried that The Fiend might not win at WrestleMania. It's not guaranteed he'll win. I mean, it's not guaranteed Drew McIntyre will win, but we'll get to Drew in a second. I think it's a good alternative that The Fiend is getting this match against John Cena at WrestleMania. I think it is. It does open him up to more storylines and to kind of run through the roster because when you put the title on a character like that, it does kind of limit what you can do with him. Excuse me. I do think the match will be good. I'm looking forward to it. But, again, if WWE booked Bray Wyatt to lose against John Cena, they've ruined him. They have absolutely ruined him. I said the loss to Bill Goldberg hurt him, but it didn't ruin him, at least not yet. Look, at the end of the day... The Fiend got a, gets a match with John Cena. Ricochet got horseshit and got bullied by un like, like unknown player Riddick Moss. I know who Riddick Moss is, but who the hell is Riddick Moss to the rest of the WWE universe and the fans and all this other bullshit? Riddick Moss is the current twenty four seven champion. If you didn't know, and he held an open challenge, and Ricochet. Answer the challenge, and he didn't get not one piece of offense in. I kind of got, you know, as much as I hated that he lost to Lesnar in such a horrible fashion, it was a way to remind us that Brock can be an unbeatable monster, and it's just to show the test of what Drew McIntyre has to go through, and when Drew finally beats him at Mania, hopefully when he beats him at Mania, that he beat this unbeatable monster as the champion. But Ricochet losing to a guy like Riddick Moss, not even getting any any offense. I put this on Twitter the other day. Uh, I said that five days removed from Super Showdown, The Fiend got, got a match against John Cena, 
and Ricochet got buried by Riddick Moss. Or Ricochet lost to Riddick Moss, the 24-7 champion. Ricochet got buried. And Ricochet is buried. According to Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer, he says that Vince McMahon has completely given up on uh, on Ricochet. He's given up on Ricochet, and that's that. And that absolutely breaks my heart. One of the most amazing, high-flying, innovative wrestlers in the world today, and you just made him look like a total chump, like a total dork, by losing to a nobody like Riddick Moss. Like, I don't get it. I really, really don't get it. I hope that Ricochet can go back to NXT or something, or when he gets out of his contract, he can go to AEW, or back to New Japan, or something. Because this is what I was afraid of when Ricochet signed to WWE. Is this this kind of shit I was afraid of. I was afraid they'd job him out to, like, nobodies. And that's exactly what they did with him. They jobbed him out to a nobody like Riddick Moss. The jobber champion. The 24-7 champion Riddick Moss. Such bullshit. And I guess it doesn't matter that Heyman is the head writer or Bruce Pritchard is the head writer of Raw and SmackDown when they're respectively. At the end of the day, if Vince doesn't get it, if Vince doesn't like you, he's not going to push you. He did it to Cedric Alexander earlier this year. He did it to um, Berto Carrillo and Ricochet all against AJ, you know, where you thought the, the feud was going to be where it's eventually one of them getting the big win over AJ and like, oh, no, we got to make AJ look really strong. Look, AJ Styles is made. He's made in the WWE. When you think of the WWE and their top stars right now, he's in that list. With guys like Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Randy Orton, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, uh, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles. AJ Styles is a made guy in the WWE, and he doesn't need to be going through all these these up-and-comers. They can use a win over him. But it seems... I mean, I would say for sure that Ricochet got buried worse than Cedric Alexander absolutely worse than Cedric Alexander because he um I I I don't know what else I can say about this that that I already have I I just I'm just upset about this. I love Ricochet and I just hope that he can recover from this, but it's going to be a while before he does. Big 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 difference. The Fiend has a match with Cena at Mania. Ricochet doesn't have anything right now. Ricochet's been buried. A few other big points that happened on Monday Night Raw is that Drew McIntyre is an effing star. Paul Heyman cut a promo saying that he that uh, Drew can't beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania just because you eliminated him from the Rumble doesn't mean you can pin him. Drew comes out. Paul gets out of the ring. Drew just Claymore kicks Brock Lesnar. To a thunderous reaction. And then he Claymore kicks him again. Lesnar's leaving with the title. And Drew runs out of gorilla position. And Claymore kicks him again. Three times. He kicked Claymore kicked him three times. A funny thing that's happened on uh, it's appeared all over the internet on WrestleBotch is uh, you can hear Lesnar go, Grab the belt! Grab the belt after the third Claymore kick. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Um, he, and then you see Drew grab the belt. But aside from that, Drew McIntyre looked like an effing star on Monday, and they put him over huge, and putting him on Brock's level. And when I see shit what's going on with Ricochet, and I see what's going on with Drew, it at least makes me happy that one of my favorite guys is being put over huge and potentially can win the main event against Brock Lesnar and become a huge star. So, great job with that. Excuse me. Uh, Street Profits won the Raw Tag Team titles from Murphy and Rollins. Not going to get too deep into that, just they won the tag titles. Um, In my opinion, Aleister Black got hurt this week. Uh, what they did with him this week kind of hurt him. 
AJ Styles had said that he was pissed off because The Undertaker took his trophy. His prestigious trophy. Yeah, okay. Um, Aleister Black came down to the ring. AJ's like, whoa, 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 hold on, man. You didn't read the fine print of the contract. It's just shit AJ impression, I know. You didn't read the fine print of the contract. You gotta face Carl Anderson first before you get to me. So, Aleister Black gets in. He has a more of a competitive match than he should have against Carl Anderson. And beats him, decisively. And he's just like, whoa, 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 hold on. You didn't read the other fine print of the contract. You gotta beat Luke Gallows. At first, I'm thinking to myself, you know... Alistair's probably going to lose this overall when he when he gets to AJ. You know, he, be, he it'll make him look strong. Beats Anderson, beats Gallows. Alistair Black couldn't even get really much, that much offense against Luke Gallows. He won by disqualification because Gallows wouldn't stop and beat him up in the corner or something. And then Anderson and Gallo, Gallows hit the magic killer on him. AJ hits a phenomenal forearm and pins him in the ring like the Undertaker. I, I'm, I'm just wondering, what what the hell is this? Why are you doing this to, to Aleister Black? I mean, I get the message I kind of you're trying to give, but again, that hurt him more than it did him any good. I mean, he still looks better than Ricochet, <coughs> but still, dude, what are you doing? Like, I, I don't know. It, it hurt him. A, it hurt him for me. I just, it didn't really make him look all that smart. And it's another thing of WWE advertising something and then not delivering. You know, like they did with Goldberg. Like, Goldberg's coming to SmackDown, and then Goldberg's there via satellite. Monday Night Raw, Aleister Black versus AJ Styles in the Barclays Center. And it wasn't AJ Styles versus Aleister Black. That was one of the things that tempted me to tempted me to go to Raw. I'm glad I didn't now. I'm so glad I didn't go to Raw because of bullshit like this. Um, they're going to be having a match later on the pay-per-view this Sunday. I'll get more into that in the predictions in a few minutes. Um, another thing I have in my notes here is that I wrote, Becky Lynch is cringe and WWE wants you to think that. It's clear Becky Lynch has been doing some things over the past few weeks that make, that are making her, that are, ma- that are really making the fans turn on them, taunt, turn on her. A while ago, fans were turning on Becky Lynch like, oh, Becky's overrated now. Becky's a-. Now she's doing some things where I can like, okay, if you turn on her now, I get it. I get it. But I think that's what WWE wants you to do. I think they want to the fans to kind of turn on Becky because I think at Elimination Chamber, <laughs> excuse me, Elimination Chamber, the, the eventual match between her and Baszler, I think Baszler's going to destroy her. I think Baszler is going to destroy Becky Lynch. Now bring her back down to earth. Have her take some time off after Mania. And then eventually go back for the title when she kind of gets her head clear. And she realizes she's got to be the man again. And not wearing these ridiculous, you know, meme sunglasses and these and these outfits uh, on, on Raw. I think the WWE, they want you to think that Becky Lynch is being cringy right now. They want you to think that. Because I think out of all the people on the entire roster, I feel like she's the one person who they're like, we need to protect her, we need to make her look good. But I think in this instance, they're doing it for a bigger purpose to make Shayna Baszler look really good. And when eventually, I think Becky, Becky will take some time off from May, after Mania, and then she will get an eventual rematch with Baszler for the championship, and that's where things will really pick up. So for now... Deal with the cringe. I know. I don't like it either. But I honestly think that's what WWE wants you to do. I'm not saying they're going to turn her heel. I'm just saying it's putting... When Becky eventually loses to Baszler at Mania, I think it's putting her back down to earth. And she needs to become the character that she became How as the reason why she got in the main event of WrestleMania last year. Why she became the man. She needs to be that Becky Lynch again. And finally, to close Monday Night Raw, I said MJF is probably the best heel in wrestling at the moment. There's one guy who's doing it better. It's Randy Orton. Raw closed with uh, Beth Phoenix, Edge's real-life wife, giving a kind of an update on Edge's condition. 
But Randy Orton came out, and he finally explained his reasons as to why he did what he did to Edge. He said he did it to Edge because he loves him. Because he doesn't want anything else happening to Edge in the WWE. He doesn't want Edge to have to retire again. He doesn't want Edge to get seriously hurt, take one bad bump. He did it because he loves Edge, he loves Beth, and he loves their two little girls. And he did it for their family. He said that he can make a claim that he loves, that Randy Orton loves his kids, loves Beth Phoenix kids more than, than Edge does. This infuriated Beth Phoenix, and it led her to slap Randy Orton in the face, which led to Randy Orton RKOing Beth Phoenix. That was the closing segment of Monday Night Raw. And the matches, I gotta say, I'm looking forward to most at Mania so far this year are Edge and Randy Orton and Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Edge and Randy Orton is yet to be confirmed, but it's gotta happen at Mania. I mean, those matches right now I'm looking so much forward to. And Taker and AJ, eventually when that happens, when that's announced. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, real quickly, though, before I get to the AW predictions, uh, sorry, the Elimination Chamber predictions, there is one thing I did fail to mention when talking about AEW. Um, and this kind of blends in WWE. Matt Hardy is officially a free agent as of March 1st. He did not appear on Dynamite this week. He So far, he is not the exalted one. But at the end of his little YouTube series, Free the Delete, Matt and Nick Jackson came to the Hardy compound, came out of the door, out of the car. Nick Jackson goes, hey, Matt, what's up? And Matt Hardy simply goes, bucks of youth, I knew you'd come. I mean, that pretty much kind of confirms that Matt's going to be in AEW. It's a great, great chance he's going to be in AEW. Um... Matt, just real quickly on Matt Hardy is that I think Matt Hardy is an absolutely brilliant, brilliant guy in wrestling. Uh, he had the hottest character in all of professional wrestling at one point a few years ago. Coming back to an amazing return at WrestleMania. I think my most favorite return ever. And maybe, genuinely, maybe one of my favorite, wrest- just my favorite WrestleMania moment ever. Um, he still, he said that, you know, he'd, he's no way, shape, or form hates the WWE. He has no bad blood with the WWE, that he loves the WWE, that he's been that been great to him and his family, and that if it was not for Vince McMahon, he wouldn't be in the position that he's in today because of them. But uh but he just doesn't they just don't see eye to eye creatively and he just wants to do more creatively. And he's a brilliant guy, Matt Hardy. So after what we saw on Free the Delete He's got to show up in AEW. He has to. And it also ties back to the Young Bucks in being the elite where Matt gets a phone call before they leave for the airport to go home. And he's like, wait, you want us to come right now? I, 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 okay, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll leave right now. And Matt goes to Nick. We're not going home yet. And then Matt Hardy recently stay on YouTube. Um, really excited stuff. Just really wanted to get that in there real quickly. Um yeah, pretty much Matt Hardy AEW confirmed. But anyway, let's get into uh, the Elimination Chamber predictions, which uh, we'll close the show out with. I'm going to start things off with Andrade defending the U.S. Championship against Humberto Carrillo for the United States Championship. I believe I just said that twice. Forgive me. I'm tired. Um, I got Andrade here. I really don't see Humberto Carrillo... Winning the title, um, at least not yet. I don't know if he'll win it at Mania. I don't know, but uh, Andrade just came back. I think they have big plans for him for the championship of Mania. So I'm going to go with Andrade to retain here. Next up, we have the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins, and Montez Ford, the newly uh, Raw Tag Team Champions against Seth Rollins and Murphy for the Raw Tag Team titles. I have the Street Profits because, again, the uh, well, they, they literally just won the titles on Monday. I don't see them hot potatoing the titles back to Rollins and Murphy anytime soon. Uh, I think Rollins will have his hand full, hands full with Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. I think they probably would have held on to the tag titles at Mania, uh, Rollins and Murphy, had Samoa Joe not get suspended, um, violating the wellness policy. I believe that's why he got suspended. 
But uh, yeah, Street Profits to retain here. Next, we're going to be having uh, Alistair Black versus AJ Styles in a no disqualification match. Get more into what I talked about with AJ and Alistair Black earlier uh, in the show. Um, this one I'm doing a, it's a little risky, but I'm going with Alistair Black here. Uh, I think Alistair Black will look a lot better here. That's why I said it did hurt him on Monday, but I hope that they would make him look good this Sunday. You know, have him run, have him run through Anderson and Gallows because obviously they will try and get involved. Have him go through AJ Styles. Uh, I would have Alistair Black win decisively and just beat the crap out of the OC, and then have the Undertaker come out and and. Choke slam him or tombstone pile driver AJ to set up their mania match because even though AJ Styles could use the win or you could argue that he could use the win because he has the match setting up with Taker pretty soon. Like I said earlier, AJ Styles is a made guy and he does not need this win. He does not need it. Alistair Black needs it, so I'm going more with my heart than my head here. So Alistair Black for the win. And for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Um, elimination Chamber match. The champions, The Miz and John Morrison, defending against The New Day of Biggie and Kofi Kingston. The Usos, Heavy Machinery, Otis and Tucker, Lucha House Party of Lindsay Dorado and Grand Metalik versus Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, otherwise known as Rudolph. The tag team, the impromptu tag team. Not impromptu anymore. Um,. This one, a little trickier, but I decided to go with The Miz and John Morrison here. Um, I think this pay-per-view is going to be very straightforward. I don't think there's going to be anything really amazing that's going to happen other than maybe Taker showing up. Um, but they just won the tag titles. I don't know what they'll do at Mania. I don't know if they'll go into the cha- uh, the, the show as tag team champions. But I'm going to go with uh, The Miz and John Morrison just as a safe, safe kind of victory. Uh, next, we have Braun Strowman, the Intercontinental Champion, defending the championship against Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn. You'd think in a fatal four-way, but no, on a three-on-one handicap match. This match just makes no sense to me. It makes zero sense, and I'm not looking forward to it. And that's a shame, because I love all four guys involved. Uh, I love Sami Zayn as a heel. I love Shinsuke Nakamura. I love Cesaro. I love Braun, uh, but I just don't think any of them are going to walk out as a champion. So I'm going to go with Braun Strowman to retain, just end this feud, and just move on to somebody else for Braun at Mania. Maybe a ladder match, maybe a single... I don't know. And finally, which most likely will probably be the main event, uh, the Elimination Chamber match to determine who will face Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 36 for the Raw Women's Championship, Natalia versus Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler versus Oscar versus Ruby Riot versus Sarah Logan. Um, it's obvious it's Shayna Baszler. It has to be Shayna Baszler. Real quickly, that little Riot Squad thing that happened on Raw did not work at all. Fans could give less of a shit about it. And I don't think because the WWE could give less of a shit about the Riot Squad. Shayna Baszler has to win here because if it's not Shayna Baszler, then why would you make all this time to build for a match uh, at Mania with Shayna and Becky? You clearly are building this match. Doesn't make too much sense as to have this match. I mean, you could have easily had Baszler really state her claim and Becky be like, you know, you want a shot, fine, you got it. Goat the baby face to be stupid, but and you could have used the Elimination Chamber for another purpose. You could have used it for the US title, you could have used it for uh the Intercontinental title, you could have used it for I don't know, to face the Universal Champion. I'm looking at you, Roman Reigns. Um So Shayna Baszler here, it's plain and simple. It's going to be Shayna versus Becky. I think this is going to be a very, very underwhelming pay-per-view. Not too many things happen at these at these filler pay-per-views to Mania. A few things have happened over the years here and there. I think the only real thing we're going to get is that we're going to get um, we're going to get uh, a taker uh, coming in, setting up his match with AJ, and um, we could. Uh, I don't know. We could get so. I mean, we could possibly see Oscar and Baszler in the end of the, in the Elimination Chamber match instead of a future match between Oscar and Baszler. I don't know. The two greatest NXT Women's Champions of all time. Anyway, 
So I think that will do it for this edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Sorry I couldn't talk about NXT this week, but I just didn't have the time to watch it. I uh, hope you all enjoyed it. Hope you uh, all enjoyed whatever you saw this week, whether it be AEW, NXT, Raw, SmackDown, uh, Revolution, you know, all the, all that fun stuff. Uh, will you be looking forward to Elimination Chamber? Are you kind of lukewarm about it like me? Let me know. Uh, follow follow us on uh, Twitter at the Not, Not Another Wrestling Podcast, uh, Instagram, the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Like us on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at CJ underscore 1214. Uh, you uh, please please be sure to listen to us on uh, Spotify, uh, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, Anchor.fm, and where all podcast uh, formats are found. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back again next week, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening, everybody. I'm CJ Palmasano, and I will see you next time.